You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Wednesday, July 20th. We're talking Pirates baseball today with our Pirates reporter, Adam Barry. Adam, we thank you for the time. And the Bucks coming off a thrilling victory last night over Milwaukee. Josh Harrison did the 360 around the bases to lead off the bottom of the ninth. Uh, the triple and the error gave the Pirates a 3-2 win after Mark Melanson had blown the save in the top half of the ninth. So, uh, again, Jay Hay the hero, but I think the night really belonged to Jamison Tyone. Uh, he comes off the DL. And uh, I'm convinced after what happened last night, the guy's skull might be made of titanium. I mean, 105 miles an hour off the bat of Hernan Perez. Uh, very terrifying to watch. But Tyone down for a little bit, shakes it off, and not only pitches four more innings, but four very good innings. Uh, six innings of a one-run ball for Tyone. And, I mean, we say guys are tough all the time, but, I mean, tough does not even begin to describe what Tyone did last night, in my opinion. Yeah, tough and a little bit lucky, I think it's probably fair to say. Uh, Tyone, so, like you said, took that ball off the back of his head. Uh, he still had stitch marks from the baseball on the back of his cap. He showed us that today, uh, just sort of like uh, up and to the right of the, the Major League Baseball logo on the bottom, the base of his cap. So that just shows you how potentially serious that situation was. But he got up really quickly. He was back, you know, insisted on throwing. Uh, head athletic trainer Todd Tomzik said he was looking for reasons take him out of the game obviously just given the you know the sensitive issue of concussions and sports and just the concern for the young man and the player uh, but they couldn't find any tie on past every test uh, he showed up today everything's fine no red flag symptoms or anything like that so uh, it seems like Tyon really escaped the worst and then yeah the weird part of it was just that he continued to pitch so well maybe even better after you know he was hitting the head than he did before uh, he said he had some adrenaline after that but you know, settle down, pitch six, really efficient innings on 65 pitches. Uh, another good start for him, but the more important thing at this point is just that he seems to be healthy and appears to have kind of escaped uh, what could have been a really scary situation. No question there. And uh, one of the, the best scenes from that whole thing last night was the standing O, a raucous standing O he got from the faithful at uh, PNC Park where the fans realized, uh, you know, oh, my goodness, he's remaining in <laughs> In the game after, you know, being flat on the ground and taking a line drive off the head. Remarkable scene last night. Remarkable job done by Jamison Tyone as he uh, settles for a no decision, but pitched very well six innings of one-run ball and uh, one line drive off the head, as you mentioned. And uh, another guy that came off the DL, his first appearance in well over a month, uh, Francisco Cervelli, first appearance since uh, June 10th. And, you know, Adam, he's now one of the marquee names on this team, but in your opinion, is he one of those guys whose importance to the team perhaps goes a bit unnoticed or uh, under the radar at times? Yeah, it's really hard to state, just given the importance of the catcher in what the Pirates do as far as, you know, game calling and pitch framing and, you know, working with the staff and everything like that. Just that Cervelli is so important uh, to this team in that regard. But he's also a really important offensive presence. You know, the average is going to catch your eye if it is like it was last year but this season you know it wasn't at the same level before he went hurt but the on-base percentage is just still so solid and the at-bats are so tough uh, you saw that a little bit last night he you know he worked a pretty good at-bat and got a sacrifice fly to, to give the Pirates a second run in the first inning 
then he worked a walk later in the game. He's, you know, he's a really important attitude, kind of just a, a person to have around the clubhouse as well. Uh, so the Pirates are obviously a lot better off with him, uh, you know, back behind the plate and in their lineup. Not that, you know, Eric Kratz didn't do a fine job handling the pitching staff while he was here. And Eric Fryer actually looks like a, a pretty viable backup option if Chris Stewart isn't able to come back anytime soon. So, you know, the Pirates were able to bridge sort of that gap while Cervelli was down, but there's no question they're a better team uh, with him around. And that's why they, you know, gave him a three-year contract, contract extension at the beginning of the season because they value – you know, the things that he does and the person that he that he brings to their clubhouse. Yeah, I think people often forget that the success of a pitching staff, the guy that has a very key role in that success is the catcher, the guy behind the plate uh, calling the shots, if you will. So to have Cervelli back is certainly a good, good thing for this Pirates team. Uh, and, Adam, again, we, we touched on it a little bit, but Mark Valancer now two consecutive uh, blown saves. Uh, the Pirates got about a hot water last night as the, you know, the Pirates win the game, obviously. But, uh, you know, look, everybody's human. Everybody slumps. Melanson is as good as they come in baseball. Any concern here, or is it just a guy, like I said, going through a little bit of a tough stretch right now? Yeah, I don't think there's any real concern over that. Uh, you know, it was two outs, two strikes, both times on Sunday with the Daniel Murphy homer and then uh, last night with the, the RBI single. So, I, you know, it's if Melanson had blown – those two saves, you know, three weeks apart, I don't think there would be any concern. You'd just say, well, you know, it kind of happened. And, you know, it's just sort of clustered together, which makes it seem a little more pressing. But, no, I I don't think there's any underlying concern with Melanson at this point. He's been so efficient, so good, so reliable. Uh, Even over the first half of this season, he didn't quite have the struggles that he had, uh, you know, to start last year even. So I don't think there's any reason to worry about Melanson at this point, uh, just based off two nights. Yeah, I think on the list of concerns for this team, uh, Mark Melanson is very, very low uh, on that list, and no reason to think that he won't bounce back and do so quickly. You brought up that uh, that marathon ball game on uh, Sunday, I believe, in Washington. Uh, Melanson one strike away from giving the Pirates a one nothing win. Daniel Murphy comes off the bench, uh, belts a game tying homer, and next thing you know, nine more innings over play, so two games rolled into one. Were you uh, – at Washington that day covering the game, and if so, how much were you cursing Daniel Murphy's name under your breath? <laughs> no, I picked a good one to be off, or uh, rather go. our boss just picked a good one to have me off. But I was telling my colleagues who did cover that game that I covered an even longer game. It was, I think it was 19 innings, 6 hours and 54 minutes at Tropicana Field, and that was a night game. At least oh, those guys on Sunday had a day game. You know, The sun was still shining, I think, when they left the ballpark. Yeah, uh, seven, what year was that? Almost seven hours against the Rays. Oh, I think it was either uh, it was either 2013 or 14. It would have been when I was back in Tampa Bay. So recently, uh, David DeJesus, I think, had the game-winning hit in that one. I just remember the guys were wearing, you know, it was the Rays, so they were doing all sorts of wacky stuff. They were wearing Chewbacca and Gene Simmons masks in the dugout. <laughs> they were bringing food out. It's just sort of, you know, the way you embrace those crazy long games if you can yeah, it's, you know, one way to get through it. And, of course, the Joe Madden Manish Club at that time, no surprise, they would do something a little bit wacky to get through those nearly seven hours of baseball uh, back a couple of years ago. Adam, to begin to wrap up here, let's hand out some first-half awards. We're going to give out the first-half Cy Young, the first-half Rodley Fingers Award for relievers, the first-half MVP for position players, and then talk about the most uh, unexpected development of this first half of the Pirates season. So let's start off with the aforementioned uh, Cy Young. And I got to think that, uh, you know, despite no real uh, standouts here, that uh, almost by default, Garrett Cole would get this award. Do you agree? 
Yeah, that's really the only way to look at it. You know, Cole's peripheral numbers weren't quite where they were last year. You know, the strikeouts were down, the hits were up, uh, but still he, he was pretty efficient at not giving up runs, uh, which is really all you can ask for out of any starting pitcher. I think there's a sort of a dark horse case to be made for Jeff Locke, just as far as the being one of the rare guys to pitch deep into games on a fairly consistent basis. The problem is when he was off, he was really off, and the numbers just completely dragged up his his overall production. So, yeah, I think you go to Garrett Cole by default. But, you know, Jeff Locke was, oddly enough, the, the staff wind leader, if you're into that kind of thing. And he put together some of their best performances. He just wasn't as consistent, you know, at keeping runs off the board as Garrett Cole was, which is why he would get get that honor from me. Yeah, and uh, with, like you said, with Locke, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde. I believe he had that one-hit shutout against a, a, a pretty good Marlins team a couple of weeks ago, but then he blew up on uh, two starts later in Colorado, I think. So, again, yep. for consistency's sake, Garrett Cole will get this award. And of the Raleigh Fingers Award for relievers, and i got to think that, you know, since we're talking technically first-half awards, Hawkeye Lance and Stu Blown Saves have come post-All-Star break, so it's either guy that gets your award here. Yeah, he would be the choice either way, I think, just given the the overall consistency and a pretty inconsistent bullpen over the first half. And if Tommy Feliz looked good at times, he would be, you know, maybe your runner-up in this case just because the swing in this was there. He was, uh, you know, a really good off-season signing for the Pirates, uh, slid right into a setup role pretty well. But Melanson was just so reliable, so dependable, and, you know, he was an all-star. So, the, you know, his, his peers kind of spoke for him on that one as well. So Mark Melanson gets that award for the first half as we transition to the MVP award for position players. And I think the oddest development here, uh, Adam, is that Andrew McCutcheon is really not even sniffing consideration for this award. i got to think the two guys that flank him in that Pirates outfield, it's got to come down between one of those two. Do you agree? Yeah, McCutcheon will be the third outfielder that you really consider for for this award uh, this season, which is an odd thing to say. But uh, you know, there's a good case for Gregory Polanco, the offensive production that he uh, put together really, you know, became probably their best hitter overall uh, during the first half. But I, I would give it to Starling Marte, the Pirates' other all-star, just for his all-around game. You know, his offense was obviously really valuable to the team. Uh, his base running is kind of underrated and overlooked, I think, throughout the game. This is a guy who, at least entering this series, was second in the majors at stolen bases, you know, kind of overlooked in that department. And then the defense in left field is just so spectacular that you could put him in center field. And it's actually kind of funny. If you watch watch the All-Star game, he played center field for the National League, doesn't play center field for his own team. But that's how good of a defender he is, that, you know, he could play center really up there with anybody. It's just for this team, he plays left. So you factor in, you know, the whole game, the whole package. And I think Starling Marte was their first half MVP. Yeah, uh, defensive versatility is becoming more and more valuable in today's game, and Starling Marte has that in stage, no doubt. Adam, to wrap up here, uh, in your mind, good or bad, the most unexpected development for this Pirates team in the first half of the season, what would that be? I'll do a little bit of both. Start with the bad. Uh, the rotation just not living up to the potential uh, you know, that you've seen the last couple of years, I think is probably the most concerning development for the Pirates. Uh, you know, they had to, they had a lot of short starts. The guys that they went out and got, like John Neese, Juan Acasio, didn't really deliver uh, out of the rotation. You see them both now in the bullpen. Uh, Francisco Liriano not being himself. Jeff Locke being inconsistent. Probably could have seen that coming based off of the last couple of years. But then Garrett Cole, uh, you know, struggling, relatively speaking, at times, and then getting hurt. So the rotation's overall struggles would be the sort of the, the negative, uh, surprising story the first half. I think the positive is, 
uh, the way that the offensive acquisitions they made paid off so well. You look at in the way that it deepened their bench. Matt Joyce was just such a revelation, you know, as a lefty bat off the bench and fourth outfielder. Sean Rodriguez played a really capable utility man. David Freeze, I don't know if there was a better spring training signing than David Freeze for one year and $3 million, uh, the way that he handled third base for the first half, and he shifted into a really capable right-handed first base complement. His numbers offensively are still up there. So, you know, it's the offense, the way that that panned out, actually, especially for the first month of the season, that would be probably the most pleasant uh, development. And then also the, the emergence of Gregory Polanco right along with that. So, Plenty of uh, plenty of stuff on the positive side offensively, and you know maybe some in the bullpen. But the the downside is just that the starting pitching really didn't handle uh, its end of the bargain. We'll see if the uh, pitching staff can pick things up in half number two as the Pirates look to make the postseason for a fourth consecutive year. Great stuff as always from our Pirates reporter Adam Barry, and we'll do it again at this time next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras Pittsburgh Pirates. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.